Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 47, verse 27. 47, verse 27 of Genesis. Let's go. So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen. And they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. So what's going on here? So Israel who was formerly known as Jacob, remember he wrestled with God, became known as Israel, so you'll see those names used interchangeably here, was living in the land of Canaan, came over to Egypt because there was a famine in the land. His son, who he thought was dead, rose to be the number two guy in all of Egypt and perhaps all of the world. And now they moved to Egypt, he and his entire family, all their possessions and everything. They continued uh, being shepherds, and they were doing that for the Pharaoh, and here's what's going on here. So he's literally living in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen. And they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. So they grew, their possessions grew, their families grew, everything. So they were afraid of going to Egypt. They were essentially at, at enemies with the Egyptians. And the Egyptians did not like the people who lived in the land of Canaan, the Jewish people, the Canaanites. And so... They came together. This famine brought them together, and the famine was a symbolic of the, it's, it was a seven-year period, and it's symbolic of the future seven-year period of the tribulation. And it says in verse 28, Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So he was there for a long period of time, almost two decades, and it states his age, 147 years. When the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Now if I have found favor in your sight, Please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. So we talked about this earlier, uh, many, many chapters ago, about putting the hand under the thigh. Kind of a weird tradition, but that's what they did back then in that culture. Fortunately, we do not do that in America. I'm sure they still do it in some parts of the world, but, but fortunately we do not. Um, so this is like a serious conversation, make an agreement. Um, and he's saying, deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me die. Let me lie with my fathers. You shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in the burial place. So Israel knows that he's dying. He knows that he's going to die. And he's making a request of his son. It's a big request. He's not just saying, hey, tell me this. He's like, give me your hand, put it under my thigh. We're going to make a legit severe contract. Not just a handshake, not just a you know mouth to mouth, look me in the eye kind of deal, but you're going to Put your hand up under there, and you're really going to promise me this thing so that I know it's going to be true. I don't want to be buried in Egypt, right? I want to be buried back in the land of Canaan because that's the land that God promised me. I understand I've been here 17 years. We've prospered. We've grown. We've multiplied. But I want to get back to the land of Canaan is essentially what he's saying to Joseph. And Joseph is li listening up, and he said, I will do as you have said, 31. Then he said, swear to me. And he swore to him. So Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. <clears throat> so this is a very serious conversation. And he just wants to know that Joseph's going to take care of him. And Joseph had all the power still at this point in time. So he's trusting him. And even though Joseph said, yeah, I'll do it. He's like, swear it to me. So he swore to him. So he's like, really? Tell me again. Tell me again. Because I don't want to die thinking that I'm you know, not going to be here. And this is a big thing for him. He didn't want to be buried in the land of Egypt, even though he was living there comfortably and, um, you know, without being persecuted. Well, I don't know about persecuted, but, uh, you know, they were not at war with the Egyptians with this at this point in time. They weren't slaves of the Egyptians or anything at this point in time. 
Now we go on to verse chapter 48, verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, Indeed, your father is sick, and he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, Look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make you make of you a multitude of people, and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, are mine. Really interesting what's going on here. So here's the math. So you've got Joseph, who had these children. Remember, Jacob, also known as Israel, had 12 sons. He wanted to marry Rachel. He got tricked into marrying Leah by his, fa- his soon-to-be father-in-law. And then he had to keep working there in order to get to, to Rachel, and they ended up having kids with, the, with each of those two wives, and then also with their maidservants. It was this big competition. This whole long thing going on is crazy. He only ended up having two, chick- two, two sons out of the 12 sons, with kind of his, what I would say, preferred wife, the, the one who was, he was supposed to marry first, Rachel. And uh, here's Joseph, and Joseph had two kids, um, not with Jewish people, but with Gentiles. And so uh, Jacob, a.k.a. Israel, is wanting to treat those two sons as though they're his own. So here's the math. Joseph had 12 sons, but he's now basically adopting two grandsons, as his own sons, not grandsons, but as his own sons, so that there are now 14 sons, or 14 tribes of Israel. But when counting tribes, those two grandsons usually, but not always, replace the tribes of Joseph and Levi. Joseph's sons are usually in his stead instead of Joseph. So that takes care of those two. The tribe of Levi is usually omitted because they're the priestly line with the calling to be the priests. So they were not included in owning property because God had a different plan for them. The Levites could have whined all the days of their life about the position on earth, saying, oh, we don't have any land. Look at all my 11 brothers. They all have land, but not us. Or they could have just settled in and grown in the place that God had planted them with the gifts that God had gifted them with. How about you? And I'm not saying the Levites were, were mining and moaning and groaning, but that was the place that God had them. So how about you? Do you whine and complain about your gifts and circumstances? You say, why do I not have this? Why do I not have this? Why do they have this and I don't have this? Why does this bad thing happen to me, right? I can honestly say that I do it sometimes, but I know that's exactly what someone wants. Who is that someone? That's the devil. The devil wants me to complain. He wants me to be bitter. He wants me to say, I can't believe I don't have this and someone else does, right? And he wins sometimes. He gets in that mind space, that head space of mine. And he, he wants me to be covetousness, covetous or jealous or angry or anything like that. But God gives him that head slap and says, no, that's not what I have for you, Mike. This is what I have for you. I want you to be, con- be content right where you are with the gifts I've given you, with the life circumstances I've given you. No, it may not be everything you've chosen and you would have chosen, but if I gave you everything you wanted, you would not have a good life. You would, you would just be you know, miserable or chasing money or something. You wouldn't be where I need you to be in witnessing and telling people about me. So um, may we all understand that God has gifted us uniquely and differently, and to be grateful for those gifts, 
and to share those gifts with other people because that's the whole purpose of the gift is so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to show and tell others about Jesus. <clears throat> and here he, he said, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting how he says, it says, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. He's saying, these are mine. These are my sons. So Israel here is holding on to everything that reminded him of his first true love. Uh, that's his second wife. That's Rachel who had died. She's no longer with them. And he's just holding on to every last thing. He's like, okay, Joseph, you got two sons. I thought you were dead. You're here. Yeah, those are the two, two grandsons of Rachel. I'm, I'm adopting them into the family. That's my choice. I can do that as the patriarch of this family. I can do that. And he did it. Then it goes on. It says, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Your offspring whom you beget after them shall be yours. They will be called by the name of their brothers and their inheritance. Verse 7. But as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way when there was but a little distance to go to uh, Ephrath. And I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Verse 8. Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? Joseph said to his father, These are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so he could not see, right? So Israel can't see well, and people could take advantage of that. People could help him out. When people have some kind of a problem or limitation in life, you can take advantage of it, or you can help them out. Someone doesn't have a whole lot of money, you could take advantage of them and try to take, them, take more money from them. I've seen it happen. Or you can help them out and help lift them up. There's a lot of circumstances like that, but if someone has some kind of limitation, financial limitation, physical limitation, um, uh, emotional limitation, anything. You can take advantage of that and try to profit from them somehow or, or you know, win at their expense, or you can try to help them out and encourage them and love on them. And uh, verse 11, And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact, God has only shown me your offspring, has also shown me your offspring. Verse 12, let's see. I think we'll pick this up tomorrow. So I think the application, uh, the, take any application that we've talked about in this podcast, but one of the big ones that stands out to me is just being grateful for the gift and the circumstances. It's so easy to be jealous, be angry, be frustrated with our circumstances, be frustrated with our gifts, that we don't have something that someone else has, that they have something that we want and we can't have or don't have anymore. Help us to be grateful for exactly where God has us. Lord, help us to be grateful for where you have us. Thank you for the gifts you've given us. Help us discover those gifts and use those gifts wisely. Lord, they're here for, for us to use. We're going to get to heaven. If we didn't use them, you're going to say, what would you, you do with the talents and the gifts that I gave you? You squandered them. You wasted them. They, you didn't do anything with them. Help us to be able to get to, like Paul at the end of his life and say, you know, I finished the race. I fought the good fight. Help us to go out and love as soldiers for you, Lord, loving on other people, loving them into the kingdom of God, using the gifts you've given us and being grateful. Amen. This podcast brought to you in part by the Portfolio Protection Store, where smart investors go to protect their life savings from stock market losses. Visit our website to register for our webinar, theportfolioprotectionstore.com. The webinar is about portfolio protection and safe money ideas for ages 50 plus. Visit theportfolioprotectionstore.com.
located in Austin, Texas. License number 288-7886.